Greetings and welcome, listeners, to another episode of All You Geek, episode number 447 of The Gamecast. My name is Anthony Korkanakis, your host today, and we're joined by Corey Feinstein. Yo! And Mike Zanidi. What's up? Jim Gast cannot uh, join us uh, this evening. I believe he's down in Washington, D.C. on a... I think this next week, actually. Oh, I don't this know week, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, I don't know what he's, doing. <laughs> he's on a... He's, he's doing something other he's than Undisclosed location. Undisclosed location. He's on location. <laughs> yeah. He's just going to find out these, uh, this whole Battinson thing is real or not. Yep. And find out what happened to uh, the writers of Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe that's what he wanted. Like, he was just so <laughs> disgusted by the finale that he's like, I need to find D&D and show them who's boss and stuff like that. But it's all right. We'll, um, we'll, we'll get by without him like we, we yep. always do. We'll, we'll press on. Uh, so let's see. What do we have? We'll start off with what we've been up to. Um, I have not been doing too much other than League of Legends. Uh, there's an event right now, and um, it's also being like the not a was it semi annual, like the halfway uh, point in the season. So like they had a huge tournament, and uh, it was actually a really big upset. Where like for years the Korean teams have been like clearly like number one, but um, <clears throat> last year uh, an EU team won. And then this year, there's a North America team that actually did really well. So in the finals for this tournament, it was actually North America versus Europe, which is like the first time it's ever happened. So like, it was actually like pretty big um, news and uh, just noteworthiness. It was like, oh, crap. Right. And like, there was a lot of a lot of interesting things come out of that, and people were excited and stuff like that. So that was really cool. Um, but nothing new for me. So Corey, uh, well, I've been plugging away at Xenoblade. Yes, thank too. you. And because uh, I know I, I told you like I would um, try to focus on that, because <laughs> uh, I actually have um, you know Tony was nice enough to lend me his copy of it so I could finish it, and I didn't realize I was actually much further back than I thought, <laughs> and so like I've been kind of just doing a little grinding, um, trying to get myself up to level, and like it's funny because like you're stuck in an area, not stuck, but you're in an area forever, and you're just like killing mobs and like just doing stuff, and then you then you like. You forget that you have to go level yourself up. You're like you're getting all this XP, but I'm not leveling up. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I have to fucking go to a the end, yeah. <laughs> and, and level up. So I'm like, oh, I better do that. So I did that, and I got like five levels for like, my characters. <laughs> and I was like, oh shoot. Yeah. I was like, no wonder this has not been as easy um, as before. I mean, I, it's not like Jim and where he forgets that he has skills that he can make this <laughs> abilities. <laughs> but um, yeah, so now I was like, I finally did that. And then I was like, you know, what? I'm just gonna. I have like all these rare and legendary cores, and like I, I'm just gonna see what I get here. So I, I spent 15 legendary cores, and I think I spent like 20 rare cores, and I only got three. Oh wow! Three really? characters that were wow. like, not so like dude. generic. Damn, yeah, it was really upsetting. And like I was starting to like, like just do them. Like ah, you better, you better. I was like <laughs> oh, fuck. So, um, yeah, I only got three, and I did not get Cosmos. So, oh, so, I know. Uh, that's a shame, man. Yep. But um, uh, it's, it's all fine. Like, I'll get her eventually, I suppose, at some point. But um, in the meantime, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun just getting back into it. And I was, like, whittling this one. Um, I was, like, on level with this one big, uh, not boss character, but, like, a big enemy. And, like, it kept spawn- it just kept spawning more mobs. Like, it was, like, never ending. You had to kill it before it, like, would stop. And so I finally got, like, all my little orbs spinning around. I, you yeah, know what I'm talking about. Shit out of it, yeah. And so I go and do my thing, and I was focused on a mob. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, dude, no. I just wasted it all on the mob, which... 
which sucks because as soon as I get out of that, now I have no bars left to actually kill myself if like I die. If you, yeah, got knocked. And out, so yeah. of course I got wiped out in like a oh. minute or so, so I couldn't build that that bar up. And obviously, if you know Xenoblade, you know what I'm talking about. So um, it was it was like no. As soon as I hit the <laughs> button, I was like, wait, what? No. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. I've done that too, though. But yeah. So yeah, but yeah, that's uh, actually do you know what chapter you're on or I'm, a, I'm still an eight and i'm still climbing the world tree the which world uh, tree. okay uh i i don't know if there's a cut scene where you see like indal's ship fighting other ships yeah. okay so all right that's cool uh, yep so i'm up there and I, I think i'm close to the end of chapter eight at least but uh there's 10 chapters i think yeah, chapter eight is like I think the last big chapter. Chapter nine is like uh, super short, and then chapter ten is even shorter. It's like oh, sure. okay. So yeah, I'm pretty much towards the end. It seems like it seemed like I was wrapping it up pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're you're pretty much. That's I think the world tree is like the last major major area. Then it's just kind of like okay. oh okay, more location based. Like oh, this is I'm not gonna say anything, but like it's just yeah. like, oh okay, like cool. Ooh, yeah, so um, I hope to have that completed by the next episode. All right, cool. That's Mike. My goal. Um, I've been playing more MK11. Um, I've gotten to the point in the crypt now where I've done most of the major puzzles, although I'm sure there's some weak walls I haven't found yet for a few more um, treasures. But now I'm to the point where there's ridiculous grind walls stopping my progression. <laughs> oh, you finally hit the grind walls, huh? Um, yeah, well, so... well, it's, it's Can you pay to break them down or no? No. <laughs> okay. It's supposed to be a thing where you would you would have to. It's kind of like an end game of the crypt in a way because you <laughs> there's like shrines for each character's heads, and you unlock their decapitated head if you perform fifty fatalities or brutalities on that character in regular gameplay, and then once you do. 10 of those, you unlock a certain doorway to a certain room. And once you do all of them, you unlock an additional doorway. And uh, so it's pretty crazy. And what's annoying is they won't let you do that. Um, they don't count online or multiplayer for that. You have to do it like within towers because I guess they don't want you to get with a friend and like cheese it. But uh, so the crypt is pretty much done for me for a little while until I do all that. Mm. Which I mean, it's again, I'm not I'm torn on it. I'm like, this is annoying that I can't progress within there on my own. I mean, I could, you could refresh, uh, refresh some of the pre-existing um, treasure chests by like using coins and they'll come back a few, although you have to search it out which ones came back. But um, yeah. at the moment, I, to find a new area in the crypt, I have to get through these crazy grind walls, which are Interesting, I guess, but they're a little ridiculous. I think they could have been more reasonable. It sounds like the um, end game of this is not as in is in depth or as robust as Injustice. Is that well, so the thing is, Injustice it was robust in a way that the gear was more interesting and just a lot more of it, and it had loot boxes, but the loot boxes were like how the gear was there, so you would occasionally get duplicates which is annoying there's no duplicates here you don't ever get duplicates but there's just three different sort of pieces of gear which don't really change too much with the, each character and then there's just skins you unlock and there's like 60 skins per character but 
compared to the permutations of like five pieces of gear that you could like color different ways and do everything with in injustice it's just not even close to being as interesting or a level of depth to it plus you had like live events too with uh injustice. yeah i mean you have that kind of too there's like towers that come and go and you can also yeah. do similar things where you team up did, and did fight bosses. Like that remember when that was that they had the um different clan you could join and then like yeah is that in this game as well? Um, no, I don't think there's something like that for this one. They don't have the clans. You can just uh, team up with people to fight bosses together that are like too hard for one person to oh. beat normally. Um, so we'll see. Um, I'm about 50% in my online uh, gameplay against people. Um, but now I'm sort of incentivized not to waste my time on that because my fatalities and brutalities don't count towards that 50 mark to get the heads for the crypt. So, I don't know. It's it's. I kind of wish that those would count. I, I know mm. people could cheese it, but who cares if it's just so you can unlock a different looking area, <laughs> really, within the crypt. But whatever. I'll still keep going. We'll see how long it takes before I get tired of it. <laughs> All right. As far as fighting games go, I definitely think that they have a great end game for people to play, at least it's no. for solo players. Uh, yeah, no, it's still like, I'm obviously playing, I'm not playing it with anyone I know. And uh, mm. I've only played about, uh, I'm like 50 and 50 or 60 and 60 as far as online matches. So, I mean, that sounds like a lot, but it's really not compared to what I most see out there a lot. Um, okay. But yeah, no, it's cool. it's pretty cool. So the actual game fighting gameplay is, uh, I do prefer it because it's, a little slower pace than the previous ones, and it's a little more cerebral as opposed to just juggling forever. Right. So it's cool. good. Okay, cool. Well, let's um, move into the news. So, uh, first thing on our agenda is the ex PlayStation boss thinks Sony is positioned well for the next generation. Surprise, surprise. So, um, ex Sony <laughs> yeah. yeah, president and CEO Jack Trenton believes that Sony wow. is well positioned to compete in the next generation console market, which. It's kind of like a given. Like I'm surprised it's even like. Oh, like you know, I, I think McDonald's is well positioned in the fast food market. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, yeah, okay. So um, yeah, I, does anyone think that Sony's not well positioned for uh, PlayStation Five? Um, yeah, it's like one of those quotes. It's like, well, duh. Like, yeah, I mean, you, you don't screw it up, you'll be fine. Like, I mean, I guess the, the only. The only thing I could say between at least the competition between Sony and Microsoft is whoever came in first, the previous generation, took a step back the next one. So mm. yeah. maybe maybe that's what he's saying, that they won't be like the step back the next generation. But I mean, I maybe. Know. It's one of those things where like, I don't know, it's just, I think everybody now, uh, especially, like, they're so specialized. I mean... You know, Nintendo broke off, you know, back in 2006 with the Wii. They're like, you know what? You guys have the technical, you know, like, uh, arms race with, like, just, you know, HD graphics, all that kind of stuff. We're going to concentrate on whatever and what with, you know, you know, the gimmicky, like, the, the Wiimo, and then with Wii U, which didn't pan out, unfortunately, uh, and stuff like that. And then now, now that everybody's HD, it's like, okay, well, Xbox is offering, uh, is doubling down on their services, you know, um, the Xbox Live platform and, you know, uh, Game Pass, Xbox Live, that whole thing. And PlayStation is still mostly traditionally about first-party games, uh, though they are branching out to that 
uh, same, you know, stratosphere because, you know, let's face it, you kind of have to. Uh, once something is proven as successful, I mean, everybody kind of is like, all right, well, what? how can we adapt that? And, you know, I think it's just a matter of time until even Nintendo does that. Um, to uh, a lesser extent, they've done that with, like, um, Tetris 99, where it's like, hey, here's a free game uh, as long as you have Nintendo online. And um, we're going to run tournaments and blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of an incentive to, like, use the subscription service. Um, you know, the one thing that I will say is that it will be interesting this generation because I think last generation, like Sony kind of won by default, where it was like the Wii U just flopped right out of the gates. It was like a non-competitor. And then Microsoft just totally fucked up with A, the, like even before the system was released with the whole... Um, TV, 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 TV? Not even that. It's like, why would you live there? You know, like with the whole um, Adam Ortha <laughs> leak. Where he was just like shit talking, like people like, why would you live in the Midwest where you don't have good internet and online, you know, yeah. online only? Like that, I mean, I think people still don't understand how savage that was for like the terms of like, like the the reception of the Xbox platform even before they we knew the final name of the system and stuff like that. But yeah, then the whole TV, 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 and the whole connect doubling down the connect. You had a more expensive system that was less powerful. It's just like it was such a recipe for disasters. Like somebody's just like. Literally, they won by saying, like, hey, here's how you share a game with your friend. Put the disc in their hand. It's like, that's literally how Sony won. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, it's like, you oh, do you remember how you did things last generation? You're going to yeah. do them this way with a little bit better hardware. So mm. it makes sense. And I mean, it, it's not that it, it, it still, they still were putting out great content later in life, obviously, yeah. in PlayStation. And it's selling great. I mean, it's, it's almost outsold. 100%. Yeah, it's outsold. Um, it's, it's it's doing fantastic. I can't say what it sounds so, yeah, but yeah. it's doing really well. Um, although I don't know if you, did you see I don't know if this news is on there, but like the Switch apparently passed the PS4 sales in Japan. Yep, yep, yep. The so um, uh, the the it's like a little over eight million for both now. But um, yeah. yeah, Switch just managed to um, pass over uh, the PlayStation Four, which you know is interesting because like you know it's one of those things where you know we talked about before where like Sony has const- like you know shifted away from just like being Japanese focused to like a more worldwide focus yeah. with like EU you know, too. Like they, they yeah, yeah, especially like that's, that's one thing I will give Sony a lot of credit for is like their studios are like well positioned in, in terms of a global scale. So like, mm-hmm. you know, they have, yeah, um, they call Sony, them the worldwide studio. Yeah. The worldwide, they have uh, Sony Santa Monica. Um, they have, um, uh, what is it? Um, the Gran Turismo. Uh, yeah. Who makes the, um, Poly, 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 yeah, something like that. Um, they have the European series and stuff like that. So, like, I think it's great because Naughty Dog, obviously, yeah, Naughty Dog and stuff like that. So, you have all these developers around the world that you know really do add their own flavor and stuff like that. So, oh, Gorilla um, is one that's Gorilla Games, yeah. So they have you know German. that kind of stuff. Um, so you know it's good. And the thing is, like, we can talk about sales, but um, you know, I, I just don't think it's a good way to like really talk about competition these days i mean mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's mostly for like bragging rights and online form wars but it's like look as long as the company's profitable more games are coming out the games you're interested in are coming out like who you know what does it what does it matter you know it's the like other that. thing that jack trenton could be talking about is just the dominance of pc gaming too is like you know that that seems to be where most people are heading and so maybe he's just reiterating that hey consoles are a place to be as well I yeah 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 next generation thing yeah, something interesting, but you know, I don't think there's any. Uh, 
possibility that you know, PS5 is going to be a, a, a total failure unless they're like they go back to like 599 US dollars and it's like uh yeah no about that yeah unless they have that premium product that Jim's saying it, it's possible they have like one version that's a premium version and but yeah yeah, have, yeah but you, you have to have like that base yeah, yeah. the 400 dollar one yeah uh, all right moving on so um, Epic uh, Game Store is running a summer sale uh, for all their catalog steam sale style yep and um so what their sale uh pitches any game that's 19.99 or more uh you get ten dollars off the price um but the thing that epic did is instead of like it's not something that the publishers opted uh, opted into it was just like uh epic's like hey whatever game you buy we're gonna give you ten dollars back or ten dollars off and they're eating the cost of that so like you know somebody like um for this particular story, uh, take two, like they're going to see the full price of what they would get from a Borderlands three sale instead of like a reduced price because now the game is reduced in cost. Um, but apparently there's some shenanigans because Borderlands three and a few other select titles were pulled from the Epic game store, uh, over this sale price, which, um, you know, a lot of people on like Reddit or reset Era are using as like, like, you know, Epic game store can't even do this. Right. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like I get it. But, um, we don't really know 100% why it was pulled. I mean, obviously it has something to do with money, but uh, somebody brought it up an interesting point where because Borderlands 3 is a game that's not just PC, it's, you know, obviously the consoles too, that you get into this fight with the retailers over like um, price, price fixing, where it's like you offer the PC game for that $49.99 because it's a discount. And then it's like, well, why, why aren't we offering the, you know, Xbox and PlayStation version for that same price? Because now it makes our game in our stores look like a less attractive uh, price point and stuff like that. So it's one of those, I, I suspect that that's going to be it, but you know, who knows? Yeah. I saw something similar where it's like, the idea is that you are devaluing the people that bought this game prior to this so now you have to retroactively also like give yeah. those people this discount because now hey you haven't actually bought the game yet yeah it's pre-ordering the game and now epic is going to give all these people this discount and all these people that bought it before is like wait a second like how come i can't get this discount? i'm just going to cancel my pre-order and, it's, and yeah. get it again so it's like you're making it harder for the publisher to have to deal with, like I mean, it's more worth it to the Epic in, in reality because they're the ones having the yeah, but they're contacting the publisher too. Oh, yeah, and it's all, but it's also making it look bad for the people that bought it mm-hmm. prior to this as well because yeah. um, there's another game I think that was when well, like was fifty percent off, um, which I mean for some games that are twenty dollars, ten dollars off is fifty percent off, but it was like um, it went from like forty to twenty dollars or something like that, and. Um, like people who bought it the day before or something didn't realize that it was going to get this. And so they were upset about it. And so it just, it just makes much more uh, headaches and trouble for publishers yeah. and things and makes the game look bad in a sense. Yep, exactly. Um, and then interestingly enough, not directly related to this, but um, Nintendo just announced this. Uh, so they had a super Mario maker two direct last week. Let's talk about that real quick. Um, Cause that game looks pretty freaking awesome. And, uh, long-time listeners, you'll remember that um, I thought that was a really um, really big gem on the Wii U system where it was like, this is one of the few games that like really takes advantage of the gamepad because like, you could literally use it in the you know, um, stylus to make your levels and whatnot. It was really creative. It was you know, a la like, Minecraft X Mario or something like that. Um, so to just see like all this new stuff where like new tools, like the slopes and whatnot, like, they're just throwing everything in the kitchen sink into it. Uh, but at the end of the direct, they announced this new um, 
program initiative, I think for the summer, where it's like a voucher program. So for Nintendo Online subscribers, um, for ninety nine ninety nine, uh, you get two vouchers to redeem on the um, Nintendo eShop, which are good for um, Nintendo first party titles and select third party games. Um, where it's like a voucher will get you the game. So in a way, it's a discount because normally these games are priced fifty nine ninety nine or you know six dollars. So it'd be one hundred twenty, but you get that discount to bring it down to a hundred, um, which is essentially like that you know twenty percent off like the GCU discount. So I was like, well, that's kind of an interesting thing. But just tying into the like where like Nintendo can't just offer these games for like that fl- straight up reduced price. They got to come up with like gimmicky like oh you buy like vouchers and we'll sell the vouchers for a discount but then you couldn't deem it for you know a full right. price game. So, yeah, so i think it's just another chip in the power it's like you gotta gotta not piss off walmart that's really what it comes down to i mean you just can't piss off walmart yeah all right let's see here what else do we have in the news um one interesting thing that came out of left field in my opinion because i didn't even i saw the headline and i was like what really uh but sony microsoft announced a new gaming partnership uh so just uh on may 16th they announced a bombshell announcement when uh they revealed that they were collaborating on a partnership where both uh companies will see new cloud-based solutions for gaming experiences um you know and for everybody that's in the know it we're less than a few weeks out from e3 uh 2019 obviously sony won't be there but microsoft will uh and it's led to a lot of people speculating that we could see um, a departure from the traditional console market, you know, uh, as we know it and, you know, pursue other things like with uh, Google Stadia and, you know, other things coming out, Apple's uh, mobile ecosystem with the Apple Game Store, whatever the heck they're they're calling it and stuff like that. Uh, but it's kind of interesting because, you know, Microsoft cozied up with Nintendo real, real hard this last uh, year, especially this last few months. Um, you know, between Minecraft and cross-platform play, even, like, having, like, uh, you know, both systems in the same commercial for uh, Minecraft and stuff like that, to, uh, you know, Cuphead releasing on Nintendo Switch, which has been, I think, number one ever since it's been released, which is pretty cool. Uh, but Sony, they kind of gave the cold shoulder to, and uh, now it looks like maybe uh, yeah. they're having a change of heart. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, as far as Microsoft goes, they have that cloud technology experience and know-how, mm-hmm. and... Um, so if you're a developer or a company like Sony and like you don't have that, you know, it makes sense to kind of reach out to those people and just so happens that they're your biggest competitor in the same market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, like if you both are prosperous, you're, you know, all boats rise with the tide kind of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, it could it could be a benefit to them both and it could open doors for future partnerships as far as cross compatibility and in gameplay itself yeah, yeah that's that's really the only thing from my perspective that i would be looking for from something like this where where they cre- can create a shared ecosystem for most of their games and then like make cross play the standard as opposed to the exception um i think this could be a step towards that so i hope that's what it is i don't know what it's really going to mean in practice but that's what i hope 
<laughs> yeah, that's the other thing is like we heard all this cloud Azure stuff with Titanfall and crackdowns. Yeah. Like, what does that amount to though? Like, what did we actually get? <laughs> the yeah. power of the cloud. Like, I wish Jim was here for this because he'd be all over it. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, but you know, kind of the interesting thing that even spawned outside of that because I mean that news in itself is interesting. But um, uh, David Gibson's, who's like sort of like a pseudo, not insider, but like you know, he's in the industry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's saying that. Um, Nintendo and Microsoft most likely have a similar agreement. They just haven't publicly announced it. Um, and, you know, again, that wouldn't surprise me just with, you know, how those two have been super cozy uh, yeah. <laughs> the past couple months uh, or, or a year, you know, if you look out. But, um, you know, Nintendo has a lot to gain from their streaming service because obviously I think the biggest uh, weak point of the Switch uh, the whole package is their, their, their online um System structure, yeah, infrastructure, everything about that. So it's like Microsoft are experts in that. Um, so you know, they both have something in the game where you know Microsoft leverages its services and promotes its technology, and Nintendo gets the benefit of you know not having to help their own technology that Microsoft has refined over uh, years, if not decades, uh, yeah. stuff like that. No, so, I agree. It's like if again Microsoft can make money and Sony, Sony and Nintendo can make money. Like that, everybody's ha- everybody's happy. We as a consumer will benefit. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm hoping for. Because yeah, I would love to see like the Microsoft infrastructure, not necessarily ported over, but the experts, you know, take a look at the Nintendo side of things and be like, uh, "This is a little bit weak, guys. This is how yeah. to it up." <laughs> <laughs> it's like you should connect it this way; it'd be much faster. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you using a telephone cord here? Yeah. <laughs> like, you should be plugging Ethernet cable there. Yeah. Come on, let's get that. Uh... Nice uh, fiber, fiber. But yeah, no, I mean, again, the Switch has done so many things right. It's just, uh, it's unfortunate that their their online infrastructure has been so far and lacking and far behind. Yeah, uh, it's one of those things where you know, unfortunately, they were just so late to that thing, and you know, even to to some extent, I would say like Wii U because that was their first HD system, and just like much like Microsoft and Sony, I mean, they there was a lot of learning curves behind that. Like, oh look, it's you know you have to invest a lot more resources because now everything is like deeper, everything looks prettier, this, that, and the other thing. So that's why, you know, this first crucial two years of the like the system, like all those games got delayed. I remember like Pikmin 3 got delayed, this, that, and the other thing got delayed. And it's just like, holy shit, like you, you can't sell a system and not have new games for months at a time. Like it just doesn't work and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, they obviously learned that lesson uh, and hopefully Switch 2 or whatever the heck it is gonna, is going to have a much stronger and robust uh, modern online infrastructure events. Uh, and then our last bit of news for the night is going to be the uh, NPD report for April 2019 that just came out um, a couple hours ago. Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. <clears throat> I'll start with the, just the uh, overall information. So uh, total is uh, $842 million, which is up 1% uh, from uh, April 2018. Hardware is at 160 million, which is down 29% from last year at 225. Uh, PC and console software is at 427 million, up 15% from 370 million last year. And accessories are at 256 million, up 5% from uh, 243 million last year. Uh, April 2019 tracked spending across video game hardware, software, accessories, and new cards totaling 842 million, gaining 1%. Um, and the accessory software and game card spending offset the declines in the hardware. Obviously, that's why you had the 1% increase there. Um, so we'll get into the software. Uh, let me see here. Mortal Kombat 11 was the best-selling game of April, 
and it instantly I became. Be, I was. I would not. I'm not surprised. I yeah, no, no, no. Well, there's some people that were uh, speculating Days Gone. I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like Days Gone, an exclusive. It's a new IP, but like Mortal Kombat 11 is a, you know, the the, the, the latest. It the... came off of Injustice and Mortal Kombat 10. It's, mm-hmm. it's like people have been waiting. They waited an extra year on Mortal Kombat 10. Also from. Mortal Kombat 11, I should say. Yep. So it instantly became the second best-selling game of 2019 year-to-date. And interestingly enough, it was also the best-selling game of the month on all platforms on which it released. That including PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 represents the first time a third-party published Nintendo Switch game was the platform's top seller in a month since Ubisoft's Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle topped Nintendo (laughs) Switch chart in September 2017. Uh, yeah. So yeah, props to um, NetherRealm Studios and uh, I don't how that Mortal Kombat port is doing on Switch. <laughs> uh, I mean, I check the Nintendo eShop every week um, for like just the sales because they have you know, they have pretty aggressive sales for the indie titles okay. and whatnot. And Mortal Kombat 11 is uh, top five, I think, still um, ever since it launched. It's been doing yeah. well. So I just, um, I'm just wondering about gameplay. It's... Oh, gameplay! I mean, the thing I heard is like you you still get that 60 FPS. It's just um, it looks shitty. Yeah, it looks not not as. Pretty. I mean, not shitty, but yeah, it doesn't look. Obviously. Yeah, it doesn't look as good as the console. Yeah, makes, I mean, that's what they did with the Vita. Is like they massively decreased the uh, poly count. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so Days Gone was the second best-selling game of April, with debut month sales that rank as the seventh highest in history for a Sony published title. After just one month in market, Days Gone is the best-selling game produced by Sony Ben Studios in lifetime revenues, which I don't think was hard for them to do. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, a Vita. Yeah, like, oh, and they did siphon filter, I think. Yeah, so it's not no, not really that much of a cheat, but there you go. It was uh, funny is an Easter egg in the Days Gone that makes it seem like Days Gone is the um, post-apocalyptic world of siphon filter. Uh huh. Oh god, <laughs> that would be kind of funny. Uh, yeah. So uh, hardware and accessories. So hardware spending in April 2019 fell 29 percent uh, when compared to a year ago. Uh, Nintendo Switch sales growth was offset by declines across all other hardware platforms. Uh, so where was the um, game that shall not be spoken of? Uh, we'll get to the list. We'll get to the list momentarily. Uh, okay. Just talk about the blip here. Uh, we can mention it because Jim's not on this podcast. Yes, and, uh, fair he, he doesn't have a say in this. Um, <laughs> uh, Nintendo Switch was the best-selling hardware platform of both April as well as year-to-date across both units and dollar sales. Um, and for the first time in a long time, the best video game accessory of April was the Amiibo Super Smash Brothers Series 1 character packs. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, Amiibo is still going strong, apparently, with that Smash Brothers thirst. Um, yeah. But uh, software rankings, which we're all mostly interested in, uh, top 20 best selling titles March 2019. Uh, as discussed, number one is Mortal Kombat 11, number two, Days uh, Gone. April, April. Yep. I'm sorry. I don't know why it says March. I'm just reading a headline. Sorry. April. <laughs> April. Uh, number two was Days Gone. Number three was MLB 19, the show. Uh, number four was Tom Clancy's Division 2, um, mm. which does not include PC digital sales. Uh, number five was Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, also does not include digital sales. Number six, that shall be named tonight, Grand Theft Auto Five. Number Ooh. six. Damn. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Game yep. of the century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, apparently, I'm not even sure if this is new, but I was in the store and I saw like they released some like Grand Theft Auto Five like I don't know like online edition or something. Yeah. I think it comes with like currency, like a bunch of currency oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it, 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 it was a way for them to like boost that price, like the average sale price up again, without like really giving you like 
you know, them spending money, something like that. Yeah. Uh, number seven is uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which again does not include PC digital sales. Uh, number eight was Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Number nine, NBA 2K19. Number 10, Yoshi's Crafted World. 11, Red Dead Redemption 2. 12, Mario Kart 8. 20. What was yep. that? Like a year? Yeah, a year. So not looking good for Jim. No. <laughs> number 13 is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Number 14 is Minecraft. 15, New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Number 16 is Final Fantasy X and X2 HD Remaster. Number 17, Legends of the Breath of the Wild. Number 18, Jump Force. Number 19, Battlefield 5. And number 20, Borderlands. Wow. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. So the um, other interesting thing to talk about is the top 10 best-selling titles year-to-date of 2019 because we're um, four months in, you know, quarter. Uh, number one is still Kingdom Hearts 3, which um, is pretty interesting because, uh, you know, you defended off uh, Mortal Kombat 11, which, again... Fine. I think people, like, just hearing that, like, the um, Final Fantasy games are on the top, like, 20 list here, I think people are dying for, like, a traditional GM. Oh, they are. And, oh, like, they are. Yeah, so, especially Thanks. on Switch, man, oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, I mean, that was the thing, like, um, Final Fantasy charted uh, in the top 20 there, uh, but it doesn't make the top 10 for Xbox or PlayStation, but it's there for the, the Switch, Switch, so it's definitely yeah. the, those thirsty Switch owners... Uh, for those Japanese games. Um, but top telling, best-selling titles so far, 2019. Uh, number two, Mortal Kombat 11. Number three, Tom Clancy's Division 2. Uh, number four is Anthem. Number five is Resident Evil 2. Number six, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Number seven, Red Dead Redemption 2. <clears throat> number eight, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Number nine, Jump Force. And number 10, MLB 19, The Show. Jump so, Force, I'm surprised. It's like... Such a bad game, but I know, but it's just so weird, man. Like they just don't care. And like that's the thing is, like I guess, like it, it's like the equivalent of like licensed games, where it's like you know what, like. But, but the thing is, like I think it's like th- those anime fans, like they don't like it. Like they just want to see their favorite characters beat each other up, right. which is like in a way, it's like kind of messed up because I think uh, Bandai Namco has done a really good job with like the Dragon Ball Z titles because like I mean, Fighters, like you know, yeah. I, I don't play it that much anymore, or I haven't played it in a while, but like it's a quality game. Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Xenoverse, sure. That was like really good. Like it was in depth, and you know had a, a full story mode, create a character, that whole thing. Um, so it was really well done. And this just comes out, and it's like you're just like you're like barely trying. It's like barely trying here, and like just the graphics look like shit. And yet you're rewarded with really really good sales. So I mean, I don't know what to say to that. But um, yeah, the the one thing that uh, stuck out to me was top twenty, and I'm not even up there anymore. Like top twenty. So Borderlands, a game from like what over a decade ago? Yeah, because it got a re-release. It it is able to chart, but fucking Anthem, like, not looking good. Not looking good. Um, Had one good month of sales, and that was about it. Yeah, and with Division Two doing as well as it is, like, and Destiny still kind of hanging in there, um, releasing new content every month. It's like, what's the point? Like, why move from those games? Plus, then you got Borderlands coming up. Obviously, uh, that that's gonna blow up. That's gonna be huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is Destiny having a release this year? Like a, a, a school? Yeah, I assume that's like they. they um, but they have yeah they haven't announced that their their third um, season of content because they did like a, they call it the annual pass this year instead of like the season pass. So they had the season. 
of the Drifter, just which is ending soon, and then this one is going to be the Penundrum uh, season, something like that. So it's just like a whole bunch of content uh, that's not necessarily like a big story aspect or or anything like that. It's just um, content being thrown at you constantly. So it's um, gonna be interesting to see how that goes because they're really relying heavily on like the puzzles and the mystery and the you know ARG games and stuff like that. So um, that's what this one is all about. It seems like. All right. Um, are they? Is uh, Bungie showing up at E three or no? I don't know about that. I I, I think it would be Activision's call. Or actually, no, it wouldn't be. Would it? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It's a good call. I don't know. I don't think they are. I haven't heard anything, but um, I know that they, you know, they probably are planning on releasing something this September, which is going to be probably destroyed by Borderlands. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, Borderlands hype is so real right now. Um, Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's like Twitch. Like the Twitch stuff is like they're getting like a few thousand people every day. Yep, just for like online stuff. It's really cool. Good for them. Um, and then one actual thing, I didn't put it on here, but it broke uh, earlier today. Just didn't have time to post it in Discord. But um, uh, George R.R. R. Martin um, posted on his blog uh, about, you know, obviously Game of Thrones wrapped up its finale for the last season. Um, and he was talking about, um, you know, stuff he's been doing recently. And one thing he mentioned was, I even went to Japan to consult about a video game. And so that apparently like really like got some people talking about what's going on with that. And the rumor right now uh, is that he's joined with from software creators of the get good title Soulsborne uh, games. Uh, the Soulsborne. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, well, I mean, Soulsborne is like the genre that they say for like Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it's like Soulsborne Sekiro or Soulsborne. I know. Not Soulsborne died twice. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to be set in Game of Thrones, uh, as rumors, you know, originated. But apparently, it's going to be titled uh, "Great Rune," and it's going to be set in a Norse world exploring Norse mythology and it's all its dark legends. Mm. Which um, I don't know. I think that could be really, really cool, actually. Um, yeah, and no, I love the Norse mythology, and like that's mm-hmm. one of the things that really intrigued me about God of War's yeah. thing. And obviously, the like, all the I like exploring different like cultures and what their gods and stuff you know like obviously the greek gods and original god of war were like fantastic and you love you love hearing stories about that and and honestly getting the true facts or whatever i like the interpretations of characters and yeah and how they could be portrayed by different cultures even like a japanese take on these north mythology yeah. interesting to see what they come up with and mm-hmm. know, like the whole grim you know fairy tales like you know yeah um, yeah, I, I personally think it's really cool because, um, you know, obviously we had like, uh, the God of War games to explore the yeah. Greek mythology, but, um, you know, as we talked about last year when, uh, God of War came out, you know, the one part where I was super disappointed in, uh, was just like the bosses and boss variety. Mm-hmm. Cause like when you boil it down, there's like, I don't know, four main bosses I can really think of. And like, there's a lot of recycles and, and whatnot, we're just like, ah, it's a little disappointing. Um, but from software, I mean, they're. They're just known for bosses, and uh, I mean, I would love to fight like all the different mythological shit because you know when it comes to like just tales of like um, you know mythology, like both uh, Greek and and Norse have like like plenty of shit to do. You have like yeah, all the monsters, correct. you have gods, like you have uh, beasts, like it's just 
you know, and you have heroes and legends that you can, you know, take out, you know, that, you know, from software, you usually turn into legends. So it's just like, you can fight humanoid creatures and you can fight these big spectacle monsters, but like, it's, it's still challenging. And it's like, I, I have to go back to Sekiro still, but um, I think it could be really cool. And especially if they've uh, enlisted George R. R. Martin for his writing ability. Um, Cause the one thing, you know, I will say is like, <laughs> from software games, um, not that they don't have a good story, but it's one of those ones where you like, you really have to like, dig deep it's not like you can just play the game and like get a good sense of it it's like literally like you have to like figure stuff out in the game and then go online and then you have all these online discussions that people somehow dissected through like i don't even know i honestly don't even know because like that's who i'm like who's this boss like you know i'll go and look it up and like they have this huge section of like story and like what like they really tied into and stuff I'm like, how did you even get this from this game i don't understand like but you know reading it, it's like Wow, this is really cool. Like, um, whatnot. They always so, tuck those lore bits away in like stupid like items and things like that. No one invests invest too much time in. Yeah. So if George, you know, is able to bring the story to the forefront, where it's like now you're marrying um, awesome gameplay and boss encounters, boss designs, with a story that you can put front and center uh, in a you know somewhat familiar setting. And I think it would be boosted by the popularity of God of War at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you have a recipe for success, Mike. What do you think? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just, yeah, it was interesting to see a different take in the Norse world and God of War. So we can get another one and then from an unexpected place. <laughs> I mean, that'd be interesting. And uh, George R. R. Martin obviously is good at building a world, at least. Oh, yeah. Um, Can't take that so, <laughs> so it could definitely help. Um, I don't know if I would ever play the game because from software games scare me but (laughs) why do they scare you mike i don't understand why do they scare you well i don't know they look just kind of tedious sometimes (laughs) i mean all games are tedious if you break it down to like the core gameplay loops maybe i mean again i was considering sekiro but we'll see um well you can borrow from jim right i was gonna say are you more interested in north mythology than you are in like you know ancient japan's mythology Probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't know much about ancient Japan's mythology. Uh, I know a little about Norse mythology. Yeah. Mostly from God of War and Thor in comic books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, yeah. So, no, it'd be interesting. It's always interesting to get another take from an unexpected place like that. And, yeah, and like what you said, Corey, I think it's really cool because, like, the things are mythological. So it, it, and just like real life, like you can read variants and like different takes on them. Cause like, you know, in a lot of stories, Zeus is like a benevolent, kind and generous God. And then other ones, he's a total fucking dick bag that just wants to fuck anything that moves. And yeah. it's just like, Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Like those stories are just as valid, you know, to a degree. It's just like, what, what are you in the mood for? Are you in, are you up for those like heroic, like, you know, his, uh, his, take down of like the titans and stuff like that or do you want him to being like a horny douchebag drunkard like it's just, you know cheats on his wife and you know does all this fucking shit to mortals to fucking troll yeah, it's the truth that you see too like it, it, these gods like you know if you were treated well by a god you're gonna think he's benevolent and he's like this yeah yeah thing. and then, then if you get smited by him you're gonna be like oh this guy's a bastard yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> something like that um, but yeah, I mean, it could be cool. And um, supposedly, we'll be seeing it at the Microsoft conference. So yeah. it'll be interesting if it's going to be yeah, last year. Microsoft had like fifty some odd games that they showed. So like, where mm-hmm. are they? <laughs> you know, like let's see you with some more. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. But um, you know, I, I don't mind if it's an exclusive. Like whatever, I own an Xbox now. But um, hopefully, it's not like. Just, 
no reason for it unless unless you know like from software didn't have the money to front for that game which i can't imagine uh was anything like that uh but i think we are going to forego any type of topics uh we've had a bit of a longer podcast with uh, the different discussions uh but we're getting closer to e3 uh and uh each week we're gonna have more and more news and uh despite the non-shows of a couple different entities i think e3 is still going to be exciting because um I have a feeling that we're at least going to hear some stuff. Yeah, at least yeah. I think we're going to hear from Microsoft's end of things, like their um, plans for next generation. Even though I don't think they'll full out come without all the details, like the name or the price, obviously, or anything like that. Um, and you know, they'll probably just give a year, like you know, holiday twenty twenty or whatever. But I think Microsoft is at least going to tell us like uh, a bit more details and just like kind of like tease, like, Hey, this is our next generation of gaming. Uh, and obviously I think they're going to put like Halo infinite on the forefront, even though that's going to come out in Xbox one, you know, that's going to be one of the things where it's like, yeah, you need the next Xbox to really, fully, really fully immerse yourself as master chief once again, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah. Um, don't forget to, uh, hit that subscribe button. If you're, uh, listening or watching us on YouTube or listening to us, uh, via Podbean. Uh, you can send us an email at podcast at all Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, uh, hit our SoundCloud up, um, friend us on uh, MySpace, and uh, visit our page on GeoCities. So, uh, yeah, until next time, have a good night. Bye.